on our um, podcast on Spotify and on the, the podcast app. So you can follow along there, obviously. So um, very good. We're, we're walking through James here today in our, ser- our series we're call- calling Seriously. Because James is a serious guy. And when he writes, he writes to make some serious application to life. He's not, he don't want to fool around. He's not about fluff. So I figure that fits all of us. Let's talk about what God's word says. Let's live it out. So uh, we've, we've just a couple of verses in to the beginning of James. We know that he writes to the 12 tribes that he says are scattered abroad, uh, not by their choice necessarily, but because they have encountered persecution in their life and they have been scattered and they forced to forced to have to leave their homeland, their homes, what they were comfortable with. And so they're in a very difficult situation. And life presents itself with enough difficult situations, but I can't imagine something like that happening. Where all of a sudden we were uprooted from our homes, our area, and had to go somewhere else because of the persecution that we were facing. That would be a different world all of a sudden. Although sometimes it feels like we are living under that kind of pressure and persecution, this is something different. And so James writes to people who are going through life at that level, through that kind of struggle. And so right away, he deals with that topic when he writes to them. Verse 2, we've already looked at this, but let's read this 2 through 8 section here because it sets the tone, the, the context for our study today. We're going to be zeroing in on 5, 6, and 7. Would someone like to uh, read this morning, read 2 through 8 for us to give us the context? Anybody? (coughs) All right. Are you doing it, John? All right. See, James just puts it straight out there. <clears throat> so that's why I titled our study today, Ask with Confidence or You'll Get Nothing. Straightforward. It's just what it is, you know. That's the way James is. And that's what he says in his words. So let's talk about that this morning. Let's break it down a, <clears throat> a few phrases or, or, or a phrase or a few words at a time. He starts off in verse 5 and says, If any of you lacks wisdom, again, life presents itself in that situation where you don't know what to do next. And you want to get God's perspective. And so right away, we have to understand when he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he's saying, if you're ever at a spot where you lack the ability to know what God wants you to do next, this is not, uh, if any of you lacks the ability to figure out the instructions you just got from Ikea. That's not necessarily what this is. <clears throat> this is, this is. Uh, This is not, I don't know how to get from here to Oklahoma the best way. That's not what this is. This is wisdom. This is the ability to see what you can't see. This is the ability to have perspective on what you don't have perspective on. This is the ability to see from God's perspective. And he says, if you're at that point, if you lack wisdom, if you lack the ability to know truly perspective and insight and understanding, then you're about to get an answer here, he says. But this, this, this is where we all live. We don't always have wisdom. I don't. 
you don't at times. There are moments where you think, I'm not sure what the best answer is in this situation. I'm not, I'm not sure yet what God would have me to do. And so this is the graceful part of this, this passage right here. If you're in a position of lack, that's a good thing. If you're at a point where you don't know what to do next, that's a good thing. If you're seeking to know what God wants you to do, that's a great thing because that's what he sets it up. If any of you lack that, if you want to know what God says, if you want to know where God wants you to take the next step, if you want to know his perspective, that's a good thing. If any of you lack wisdom, then he goes on and he says, here's what you do. Ask of God. Ask him. Don't ask Google initially. Don't ask your friend initially. Don't ask, you know, the counsel of the world initially. Go to God. Ask God. He is the one who has wisdom and understanding and insight. He made you. He made everything. He made eternity. He has a purpose for your life. He knows what you're going through. He knows you. He knows the purpose he has for your life. He knows the event because he actually planned the event that you don't know what to do next in so that you would ask, so that you would gain, so that you would hear, and so that you would see his glory. He knows. So ask him. If you lack wisdom, ask of God. And this is where it starts to get very interesting. <clears throat> he says, and here is who this God is. Who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Now you might be having an emotional reaction to the fact that he said liberal here. I understand. <laughs> But that's a different, <laughs> a different wording here. When he says liberally here, he means it in the sense of abundance. There is a lot here. He says, God, this God that we know, he gives to us liberally. He gives to all liberally. He gives in abundance. He doesn't just eke out a little bit for you. When you ask, he gives it in abundance, which is important in this situation. This means if we lack wisdom, if we don't know what to do next, and you want to know God's direction, you ask him, and he will give because he is the God who gives abundantly. So this is one of the ways that you can know what is God's direction and what is not. Because when he gives it, <clears throat> he gives it abundantly. He gives it clearly. He gives it boldly. So you can know <clears throat> if God's going to give me direction... He's going to liberally, abundantly give me that first in my own spirit. He's going to abundantly give us that direction. You're going to sense it if you'll be sensitive to him. If you'll pray and seek him, as he says, if you lack wisdom, you seek him, he will give it. He gives it liberally. He doesn't just uh, give it stingy. He doesn't give it just in tiny little pieces to see if we can first earn our way. He gives it abundantly. But it also says he gives it without reproach. That's important. This idea of reproach means <clears throat> uh, sarcasm or condemnation or uh, with insult or taunting. You ever, had, you ever ask somebody for something and then they, they have to insult you along the way before they give you the, what, what you're looking for? You know? They have to remind you of your faults, have to point out how, you know, how stupid they think you are and all those kind of things. That's not how God does it. He, he gives it abundantly and he gives it without reproach. He doesn't say, oh, you ignorant thing, you. 
that's not God. That's not how he functions. He doesn't use that moment to say, oh, wow, really? Now you want to ask for something from me? That's not God. That, that, that's your friend, you know? That's not God. That's not how he operates. And that's important to know. Because when you're asking for an answer sometimes, <clears throat> you're hearing answers. And you'll hear them in your own head, in your own heart. And you're having to decipher between which one is God, which one is not. You can know the one that's coming through clearly and the one that doesn't have any insult, sarcasm, uh, condemnation. That one is God. The other one, that's the enemy. He's the, he's the father of all lies and he is the accuser of the brethren. And he will give you an answer, but he'll give it with, with beating you up with insulting you, with sarcasm, with reminding you of your past, that's from the enemy. So this separates it right away. If you lack wisdom, if you don't have God's direction, ask him, and he will give it. You can be sure of that. Because when he does, he'll give it abundantly, he'll give it liberally, and he'll give it without reproach. Now, he goes on, and he says, here's the promise. It will be given to him, to you, to me. It will happen. God will give the direction. You might not like the answer. You might not agree with what it is. You might not have chosen it. You might think in your own mind there would be logically another approach. Doesn't matter. God's still going to give his direction. He will. It's a promise. If you ask for wisdom, he will give it. It will be given to him. That's the promise here. And we know this because Jesus said the same thing. From Luke 11. It says, So I say, to you, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Jesus didn't say, might be, perhaps, possibly, who knows, we'll see. He says, no. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Verse 10. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Some dads would. Yeah. <laughs> or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? That would be cruel. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? That would be tragic. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Our God is not stingy. He's not cruel. He's not uh, out to condemn. He is out to be gracious and be good. And He gives to those who ask for wisdom. He gives it to them. So that's important. In this passage, from what James is going to say, that is very important for us to know and understand. If you ask, He will give. Right? It might not turn out like we want. It might not come when we want, but he will give an answer. All right? Your circumstances may not change at all, even though you've asked. That's your answer. Whatever came, that's your answer. Because he does give. You don't have to say, well, God hadn't answered me. Oh, he answered you. You just didn't like the answer. The circumstances are still the same. That's the answer. God always gives. That's important for us to know. He always gives the wisdom that you're looking for if you ask. 
And James goes on just to clarify all of this. <clears throat> he says, if you're going to ask, though, let, <clears throat> excuse me, let him ask in faith with no doubting. Mm. So James, James pushes the limit here a little bit, raises the bar a little bit. He says, if you're going to ask, let's just be clear. You need to ask in faith. In faith. That is conviction. That is confidence. It's not just belief that God is, because the demons believe that God is. But faith is different. Faith believes that God is good, <clears throat> that God, uh, his answer is right, and that he will respond. <clears throat> so, Hebrews 11, for example. The English Standard Version says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Those are strong words, assurance and conviction. The Amplified Bible, of course, amplifies that verse for us. It says, Now faith is the assurance, it's the title deed or confirmation, of things hoped for, those things that are divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, or, he says, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So the Amplified Bible is kind of like uh, the Bible with built-in commentary into it. And so that, he gives us that here. Faith is a conviction <clears throat> that God is good, that God hears, that God speaks. And so James says, if you're going to ask, you have to ask <clears throat> with this faith. You have to ask with conviction and with confidence. And then he uses a word here. He says, with no doubting. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. You've got to have faith, but there's one thing you've got to make sure you're not including in your asking. He says, there doesn't need to be any doubt. Now, it's interesting, the uh, word here for doubt in the King James, it uses the word wavering here. And it's this idea of there being two options on the table, and you waver back and forth. Well, should I do this one or should I do this? I don't know. If I do this one, this could happen. If I do this one, this could happen. And the idea here is that, that God gives an answer but you have your opinion, and you're wavering back and forth. Like, well, I could do that, but I don't know. This makes more sense to do this. But if I do this, this could happen. This is wavering back and forth. This seems right, but this feels better. This one, I understand it, but this would be easier. This one, I could do, but this is more comfortable. You see what I'm saying? It's back and forth. That's wavering, and this is the word he uses here for doubt. It's, it's halting or stopping, pausing, because there's two approaches, and you're not sure which one you want to take. And he's given this idea. He says, if you're going to ask God for wisdom, he's going to give it. He's going to give it liberally. And when he does, don't be at the place where you're going to lay God's, God's truth and your opinion on the table and try to decide between the two. That's really a dangerous place. Why would that be so dangerous to put yourself in the place where you put on the table God's direction and your direction? Why is that dangerous to lay both of those on the table in front of you? Put yourself on Yes. <clears throat> your own yeah. You are elevating yourself as the judge over those two opinions. Like, hmm, or not opinions, God's direction, your direction. 
You're, you're putting yourself over those like, hmm, let's see, which one will I choose? You're putting yourself in the judge's role. You're putting yourself over those directions. You, you think you're better. You think you've got the insight. You're going to measure them out. That's not faith. Faith says, God, you said this is the direction. I'm going to take it. I don't understand it. I'm not feeling it yet. It's not comfortable, but I'm going to believe it and go that way regardless. That's faith. But to put that on the table and to put your direction or opinion on the table and then weigh between the two, measure them out, think about it, consider it, uh, ask other people about it, Google some options first, you know, to go back and forth. He says, that, that's wavering. That's doubting. Somebody going to add to John? Yeah, y'all go ahead. Probably not. Say something, David. No, I was just happy. I actually, my mind was going, that's what I was trying to do. Yes. I can remember reading this verse many times. Yes. And it sounds like there's something wrong here. Yeah. What do you mean when you say doubt it? Yeah. Do I doubt that God knows? No doubt about that. Right. Then why am I having trouble figuring it out? Yeah. The fuzzy part. The fuzzy, yeah. And I would have. I would expect that for us, it's not between the very blatant issues of Scripture, like you know the things we know that are obviously true and the things that are not. I mean, I don't think we're making those choices. You know, do I? Do I? Well, I'm not going to give you examples. <laughs> do I commit this sin or do I not commit this sin? I mean, we'll just keep it general like that. I mean, that's not our issue. It's going to be, you know, do I take this job or this job? Do I go this path or this path? And, and they're, both, they're both normally, I would expect, good options. 
And it's like, okay, well, which one is the right option? I'm, I'm expecting that's what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think that's where wisdom comes in. I think those are the kind of things God wants us to make uh, the request of. I think, obviously, you have to start with what does Scripture say about it if it speaks to the issue. And again, I think we would all say, well, I, I kind of know that already. I'm not going to make a choice that's not in the Bible. Uh, I think after that, uh, I'm going to pray and I'm going to I'm going to sense the spirit of God within me at this point. I don't want to get real subjective here, but God speaks in us and gives us confirmation. He does give you a sense of this is the right decision and this is this is not the right decision or this is a better one. After that, I'll, I'll use counsel as well from godly people that I trust, uh, not just anybody, but people that I respect and, and look to that I believe are people of character. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask my wife because she knows me best and I trust her judgment and she, she prays and, and seeks the Lord as well. So I think looking for what God's word says, I think looking for uh, spirit confirmation, I think looking for counsel from around me. And then after that, it's circumstantial often, but I'm not going to start there because circumstances will paint a, 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 an inaccurate picture sometimes. And faith says um, to act on what's true regardless of circumstances. So you can't ever start with the circumstances, I don't think. And, and I can't start with the subjective sensing piece either. I'm going to lean from the objective and then more into the subjective afterwards. Is that kind of, I know you probably have seven more questions. So go ahead. <laughs> It is. It is. So that's not That's correct. Yeah. You know, I, it does. Council does. Yep. And and I've tried to hmm, over the over the years, I have tried to figure out how to communicate that subjective sense. And I don't know if I can accurately describe it and put it on paper for you. But there is, uh, the Spirit of God dwells within us if we are a believer. And he does speak to us. Jesus said he would. And so, and he will lead us into all truth, Jesus even said. So the Spirit does speak to me and give me peace and a sense that this is, a, this is the right decision of the two decisions. Um, and I don't know how to explain that more than when I consider option A versus option B and the Spirit gives me a greater sense of peace and rest and passion for that, that section or that, that choice, I, I, I go with that. Now, for me, I operate like that every week when I'm planning this, Sunday messages, other, when I'm talking with someone, when I'm counseling, I am, I'm leaning heavy on the Spirit of God to speak. And I'm, I wish I could put this into tangible seven points for you. I, don't, I just don't know how. Um, I, I'm, I'm, 
Well, uh, sometimes that happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, there is a sense in which the Spirit of God does speak. Sometimes it does feel subjective. But for me, it's kind of a learned path. But I don't lean on that only. I'm, all, I'm always going back to what does Scripture say? Because the Spirit of God will never violate Scripture. And so I'm always going to start with the objective and then lean more into the Spirit's sense in what he's leading. Jeff? Yes. Yes. And they don't have a Bible to open up in the morning. <laughs> the book of James. Right. It's <laughs> true. New Testament Christians, they didn't have a New Testament and they weren't called Christians. Yep. They didn't even have an Old Testament for the most part because these are refugees, poor people on the ground. True. And all they have is this sense of their own quagmire. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I think he's saying here, look, life presents with a lot of uncertainties, but yep. just keep at it. He's going yep. to show you. Exactly. You know, you're going to find your way through the fog. He's going to be like a lighthouse there. Yeah. And you're a, you're a ship tossed around at sea, and you're going to find your way into that harbor. Yeah, that's true. You 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 stay in the process. Uh, yeah, that's, that's I love all of that. It's you just put yourself in that position of like, okay, where where do I settle? Who do I trust? Where do I get income? Uh, how do I provide for my family? All those things are, are questions. So they're very real. They're very real issues that they're having to deal with, and, and, and they're wanting to get God's confirmation and direction in all of those. So it's very relevant. But like he said, they didn't, they didn't have the objective as much as we do. And so they were, they were having to lean on the subjective and the just keep marching through it and, and looking for peace and confirmation and then sometimes it's like you said I went on this path and well, that wasn't the right decision <laughs> that was terrible uh, back up and uh, I won't do that again kind of thing David alright alright There you go. And you said the word fuzziness. It made me go to a timeline. I become a Christian here. I'm trending. Here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does your area of fuzziness where it occurs change? Do you move further down that timeline before the fuzziness mm -hmm. occurs? What, what do I do here? The, maybe the small wavering. Yeah. Doing that, God is allowing us to grow 
Yeah. It's, in some way, that's what we are. Exactly. We're coming out of, of our sin nature yep. into his nature. Yep. That's a whole different world. Yeah. You're exactly right. And, and, and we don't know how to navigate in this world. And, and even if you've walked in the faith 15, 20, 30 years, God is still going to keep leading you into spaces that you're not going to know what to do next. You're going to keep having those. You're going to gain more wisdom along the way, but there still are going to be some fuzzy moments. That's the walk of faith. That's trusting. And so uh, that happens for Heather and I. There's sometimes decisions that come out in front of us. I'm like, okay, well, these are both okay. There's nothing immoral about them or unbiblical about them. But I don't know which way to go, so we'll pray, and out of, out of the conversation, the discussion, and the prayer, one of the options will present itself, and we'll say, well, God, this seems like the direction. Uh, we're going to go down this path, and we'll even say, if this is not the path, please close the door. Make it, make it liberally provable, clear to us, and sometimes it's just that moment I'm trusting God, which is what he wants us to do, trust him in that, to walk into it, even when I don't know exactly what the outcome's going to be, uh, how the results are going to turn out in that situation. Jeff? Pastor, I think there's always confusion at the border of knowledge. Hmm. Whether it's someone in a college class it's the first day, you read the syllabus, oh my God. Yeah. Whether it's a boy that beats a girl, oh my God, <laughs> confuses this I think the problem is, is that we don't expose ourselves to enough uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. And we're afraid to get out there. But if yep. faith is the inclination that pushes us to continue yes. to grow, I think we're always going to be a refugee in the sense that yeah. we lack the resources, the yeah. discomfort. Yeah. The only way to grow is to face it and go to it. I love it. And I think too many people live in comfort zones and cocoons. Yes. And, and that's a slow way to die. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. This is, a, this is a tense world right here of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 That's good. So let's let's be clear about a few things here. He says, "Let him ask in faith, with no doubting." He doesn't say without questions. There's questions. That's why we're asking to start with. But doubting would be to say, "God, I don't know that you even have the answer. God, I'm not sure I would even trust your answer. God, I'm not sure I would even act on the answer if you gave it to me." No. Eliminate all of that. You, you, we have to come to the place where we say, I'm going to ask God because he knows, and I'm going to be ready to do what he says when he says it, and I'm going to act on it, and I'm going to push forward. I'm going to move on it. I'm not going to get stuck between the two opinions going back and forth. I'm going to act and move forward. It's, I'm going to keep acting, keep doing what I believe he's called me to do and not get stuck in the processing uh, of that. And like Mr. Seif said, uh, there's going to be uncertainty. Life's supposed to be that way. You component on something new. There's going to be the unknown. That's where they were. That's where we find ourselves. And then James goes on. He gives us a picture. He says, here's the person who doubts. He says, they're like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. I don't know how many times I've read this, and I always thought that the person who doubts is like someone on a wave in the sea, like a boat you know, or a person. That's not what it says. It says the one who doubts is like the wave, the wave itself. And a wave is created when the wind blows against the water. 
and it pushes the water. And it, the water then goes in the direction of the wind. And if the wind blows you know, from the north, the wave goes from the north. If the wind blows from the south, then the wave goes the way from the south. Whichever way the wind blows is whichever way the wave goes. We are not called to be people who go whichever way the wind blows. Whatever way the most popular opinion is or the cultural norm at the time or our own comfort or what this person said or what these, this friend group we've got, what they're all doing. We're not to be those people. We're not to be driven by the wind. One day we're doing this thing. One day we're doing this thing. No, be settled. Don't have lack of confidence that God hears you, knows, and speaks have confidence in that. Have the assurance that he hears you, that he speaks, and that he has a purpose for your life. And move forward. Keep moving forward. And then act on that. Don't be like a wave of the sea. Then he makes this really startling statement. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. If you're going to be stuck in the Option A, option B. I don't know. Maybe it could be. Not certain. If you get stuck there and you're not confident that God hears you, you're not confident that God has an answer, you're not confident that he is speaking and that his way is right, if you're not confident in that, you're really not going to receive anything from him. You're going to be stuck. and You'll be stuck as the wave back and forth, back and forth. And James, led by the Spirit of God, invites us something much greater than that a place of confidence, and a place of certainty. God hears. God knows. God has an answer. Act on it. Move forward. Believe him. So uh, you've got some questions there for application. So discuss those there at your table and have someone pray. And uh, let's try to put all this into play in our life.